The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Okay, there is a warning today from Canada's Cyber Defense Agency. It says ransomware attacks against critical Canadian businesses and infrastructure are, quote, almost certain to continue. The warning comes less than a week after the city of St. John was targeted. Today, officials in that city say it was ransomware, but they won't say how much was demanded or what was affected. The Communications Security Establishment Center for Cybersecurity says these attacks show no sign of slowing. And this afternoon, Richard Rogerson, who is the managing partner of Packet Labs Limited, which is a collective of ethical hackers, says it can happen anywhere. Richard, welcome back to the show. Hello. Hey, Uh, nice to have you back. So tell us, yeah. So tell us what happened in in St. John. They said today it was ransomware. So what does that mean, and and why why did it happen? Sure. So ransomware is um, it's a newer type of malware. I say newer, but really in the last ten years, where attackers are using this malware to essentially lock up uh, large banks of computer systems with encryption. So encryption is normally used to protect our information, but they're using it as a tool against us. So the way that it works is they'll encrypt your hard drive or a bunch of servers in an organization, and then they'll sell you the key. Um, So (laughs) where it gets troubling is they establish a ransom, and that could be anywhere from, say, $10,000 up to, we've seen, you know, payouts of well over a million dollars. So people actually do pay it out or have. Yeah, yeah, that's the troubling part is that, um, if you look at the case of Woodstock, um, Woodstock, I believe their hand was forced to pay the ransom. Um, actually, sorry, I think that was Stratford. Mm. Um, and that, that was a $75,000 ransom. And it, it just seemed like they didn't want to pay out because the minute that we start paying out to these ransoms, yeah. uh, we're fueling the next wave. We're pouring more gasoline on the fire and then we're complaining when we get burnt. Well, so, it's, it's inevitable. So Richard, how do they get in? There's different ways that they get in. Um, the majority of them are, are very similar to what happened in Australia. They're, they're leveraging vulnerabilities, so flaws in computer programs that we've known about for some time. You know, in some cases, this is you know a patch that we forgot to apply from five years ago. In others, it could be a more recent patch. But in either case, there are problems that we know about. We just haven't caught up to fixing them. So, if if you're looking at um, you know these whatever people hackers um you know using this ransomware to on cities i mean when when you think about what might be available for them to get their hands on right i mean there's a long list what are they looking for besides money I think money is the, the, the primary motivator okay. here, um, but they look at it and they say, well, what happens if they don't pay out? Okay. And that's where we're starting to see scenarios where they just take buckets of data. They look and they say, well, here's where all of your credit cards are stored, oh. or um, you have people that are paying certain accounts. Uh, well, let's, let's take all of that information, let's bundle it up, and let's demand a ransom, one for the key, and two for if you don't pay up, leak the data. 
Um, so if you look at a company that has a lot of intellectual property, so say a game developer or yeah. you know a software developer, well, if someone were to leak the source code for their application, um, they really lose a lot of their ground as far as you know monetizing their own platform. Richard Rogerson joining us this afternoon in St. John. Uh, officials today saying that there was no evidence that anyone's personal information was stolen. So that is is good news. But I thought this was interesting, Richard. Um, you know, officials there are saying that uh, cyber criminals have taken a heightened interest in St. John because of the attack on city assets and because it was talked about and and i'm guessing that they might see it as uh you know others might see it hey someone else got in there maybe we can do the same does that happen often yeah yeah it happens all the time if you look at um i believe it was the news came out fredericton today had um had released that they ha- they're having a lot more attacks um mm-hmm. than normal um and just being in, in the same province they're seeing um, a heightened uh, number of attacks just because they're very close to them. And a, a lot of times what attackers will do is they'll, they'll try and break into an environment, they'll get in, they'll say, you know what, that was easy. Maybe there's a budgetary constraint in this area, or maybe the, the leadership in this area is not really um, you know, able to stay on top of things. So let's look at this as a target of opportunity and look at, let's look at the others. Um, and time is of the essence for the attackers. They have to move quickly because you know everybody's going to start catching up mm-hmm. because of what happened in um, what happened in St. John. So in Canada, I mean, could this happen in any size of city uh, across the country? Any size of city, um, any like really any business. Mm-hmm. Um, the city of Toronto is actually one that they're building their own team of ethical hackers to try and combat. A lot of the challenges that they would face as far as you know being a bigger city and having a lot more exposure um, and i think the same thing is happening um in edmonton they're, they're starting to hire their own team um so the the, the larger cities are definitely well, more well equipped mm-hmm. to prepare for this type of incident but it, it's really every other city and every other organization that really doesn't have the funds to keep up and we've spoken with several across canada really from bc all the way to, to newfoundland and um, we're hearing the same thing, you know, the, the smaller cities, they just don't have the budget to perform testing, you know, testing for a smaller organization or a smaller city, it could range between 20 and 50,000, but yeah. the cost of a breach could be in excess of a million dollars. So, Richie, Wood, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Woodstock was, leave about the impact of about $600,000. Hmm. Um, and that's for a smaller town, right? Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned Toronto, you mentioned uh, Edmonton. When, when you look across the country, are there cities who are in, in businesses who have, well, and I, I, I'm not sure that they advertise this, or so, you know, places that you know of who have put into place what is needed, who are doing a good job in protecting their information, making sure that they have those walls those barriers put in place and what do those look like yeah yeah that's a great question uh, and I think the the main businesses are, are the ones you would expect they're you know the financial organizations that are protecting um, you know everybody's account it's the defense contractors that are manufacturing fighter jets it's the um, the other companies that are, are you know protecting say medical information and really the protections that they put in place um, they're, they're not as complicated as you, you might think I mean the major ones that would really 
um, help avoid this type of, of breach or an incident uh, would be um, application of security patches, mm -hmm. um, performing security testing, so hiring an ethical hacker and you know testing your defenses, running it like a fire drill to see are we ready, um, and then rolling out multi-factor authentication. So rather than just logging into your account with your yeah. username and your password, look at a second factor. Well, let's have a token or let's have a, a text message to our phone that proves we are who we say we are. That way, if an attacker uh, obtains access to our password, it's going to be much more difficult for them to make use of it. Richard Rogerson is the managing partner with Packet Labs. And if you're asking what Packet Labs Limited is, it's a collective of ethical hackers that specialize in real world simulated cyber attacks to protect governments, businesses, and organizations. Richard, when you sit down, if someone hires you to come in and say, okay, check our system, how often? It does it take you like 10 minutes to get in, five minutes to get in? How often is it that uh, you're in there very quickly? It's typically the organizations that haven't had a security okay. test before. Um, those are the ones that I think our record is three to four minutes when we've ended up compromising the whole business and having full access to everything from battery backup to point of sale. Wow. Um, and, and it's just gaping holes in cybersecurity. But the ones that are more mature and do it on a regular basis, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are way more prepared. They're, they're a lot more um, up to date on their security patches. They've rolled out a lot of good security controls and they end up being a lot more difficult. Um, but most organizations, we always end up finding a way. So rather than just looking at it and say, well, you do it once and you're done, um, it's an evolving thing and, and there's always new security updates and there's always new vulnerabilities discovered every single day. So it really requires that diligence on a regular basis to stay on top of it. So, so that's why it's recommended to do it annually. Yeah, so so today with that report that came out from the Communication Security Establishment's um, Center for Cybersecurity, which said, you know what, hey, this is going to uh, continue and it's, uh, it's, 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 there's no sign of it slowing down whatsoever. I'm guessing that is not a surprise to you, is it? It's not, no, because if you look at paying out ransoms, we're basically fueling the next wave. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're taking a shortcut, but it's costing us in the long run. So I think that's a massive part of why this will never go away. More and more, people are, more, and more yeah. people are working at home. Businesses have employees, you know, working remotely. And, and, and I'm guessing that the, the part of this is because people are working more remotely because of the pandemic. And that has probably um, increased um, the possibility or the likelihood if you don't have that two-factor authentication, that sort of thing, authenticate, you know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> that, <laughs> that it could be easier to get into, right? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the cost of a data breach and historically it's been hovering around $4 million. That cost is on the rise in 2020. And a lot of that plays into the pandemic and the impact that it's had on you know staff you know, and employees and companies. If you look at normally, uh, you would receive an email, you would say, hey, this looks suspicious. You stand up, you mention it to someone else. That's a lot more difficult now that we're all working from home. Um, and it's created a lot of opportunity for an attacker to, to sneak up on us. You know, we're, we're up later, we're, we're tired, you know, our, our kids are running around screaming in the house and it's hard to focus. And you see an email that has an urgent yeah. subject line. It, it seems all too good. You know, you need to act on it now. You, and it, they need your password. Well, maybe if you're, you're a lot more tired, it's going to be a lot more easy to fall victim to that. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing today is it's just 
so much easier for an attacker to break into an environment because uh, our guards are down. Uh -huh. We have too many things to worry about right now. A couple other things. The report also detailed uh, what it says are other uh, serious cybersecurity threats that the country could face in the, in, the, in the coming years. One of them saying a caution that, quote, state-sponsored actors are building their capabilities to target Canada's power grid. Though it tempered the warning with the knowledge that these, quote, foreign actors are unlikely to use the power, who would be doing this? It could be any number of countries, but yeah. um, in the past, if you look at, <clears throat> in, I believe it was Ukraine, uh, they had a power outage, and the power outage was caused by an explosion, and this seemed to have been caused by a cybersecurity event. And the likely culprit with it being Ukraine would be Russia. Um, but Russia has some very... Uh, sophisticated cybersecurity capabilities. So they would be one that I would think of when it came to um, you know, impacting these type of systems. But mm -hmm. it, it's, all, it's all the same uh, actors that you normally hear yeah, about, yeah. the ones in China and, and, and abroad. You know, it's a, it's a fascinating world that you work in, Richard. Is, is it difficult to stay to stay up to date is it is it is it difficult is it a challenge to stay ahead of of you know these hackers you know with the constant evolution of this yeah we, we play a cat and mouse game with the attackers and uh, we try to stay on top of everything a lot of that plays into the requirements for constant training our team is always in training we're always investing our staff to really make sure they um, they can find as many vulnerabilities as possible in client environments and it is a challenge to stay on top of them but we're always playing with new vulnerabilities as soon as they're released to see what could we do with them the very same way that an attackers would um, we're not in the sense where we have the capabilities like some of the more sophisticated state-sponsored actors where they're developing their mm -hmm. own exploits so their own programs to break into to different systems um, but you know it is a constant battle to really stay on top of them and and really find uh, vulnerabilities before someone else does because that's really the rush yeah without a doubt richard anything else that you want to let my listeners know uh, about things that they need to remember because it's not just it's not just businesses it's not just you know cities it can happen on a smaller level as well on a personal level can't it yeah absolutely i, I mean the main um, the main thing that I would recommend is that any organization who is really looking to shore up on their defenses and test and prove that they're ready for an attack because really it's, it's just a matter of when something like this would happen is to invest in a penetration test. So to hire an ethical hacker to try and break in and, and really look for those findings, mm. the different paths that they could take through the through your network to really get access to your sensitive information and then work on improving on those. And then the other controls that we talked about were multi-factor authentication. Yeah. So yeah, if you're yeah. using uh, cloud-based email like Office 365, G Suite, they have multi-factor authentication enabled by default. You can turn it on. It's capable of doing it. You don't have to pay any extra. I highly recommend investing in that because most of the organizations that we've talked to that have been compromised, it's because they didn't take that step. Interesting stuff, Richard. You've given us a lot to think about once again. We'll leave it uh, we'll leave it here for right now. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. 
Thanks for having me on the, on the call. Yeah, you betcha. Richard Rogerson again uh, with Packet Labs Limited, a collective of ethical hackers. So they go in and they try to find those deficiencies and try to say, okay, you know, and then, then say, okay, this is what you need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen to you. Like what happened in St. John uh, late last week. Um you can read more about that attack if you just Google St. John ransomware. Some interesting stuff. Again, they're not releasing too many details for obvious reasons. But boy, oh boy, it makes you think, doesn't it?